Okay, boys and girls, welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your Uncle Jimmy. Don't touch my fucking tools. We're going to do a podcast. It's called Grease the Wheels. Comes out every week. Helps you. Maybe it doesn't help you. Maybe it just confuses you. Uh, one of the things that I take for granted, and I shouldn't, and I want to explain myself here, is uh, how we get paid. Okay. Now, there's obviously, there's three separate ways. It, I mean, there's more ways to get paid. But uh, for the most part, that's not really going to put food on the table. I might put something else on the table, but not food. There's really just three general ways to get paid, and we're not going to talk about the other ones, okay? Uh, you can get paid hourly. Uh, a lot of times when you first start out in a job, if you're very young or if you're inexperienced or if you're just dumb, you get paid hourly. And when you're hourly, you get asked to do a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot, lot, a lot, a lot. One more time, a lot of dumb shit. Uh, and then you're hourly, so you don't really care. The other way is salary, okay? Now, you're typically not going to see a salary unless you have the word management at the back part of your job title. And uh, I think that this is one of the major things that's wrong with the automotive industry is that if you are a part of management, they just pay you and they don't consider uh, what they're paying you for or how you earn it or what you do to earn it. I think that that's a problem, okay? Uh, and then the last way, the, uh, the, the one that concerns us most as technicians is flat rate. Now, if you don't work flat rate and you've never worked flat rate or you're not even an automotive technician, maybe you're just a, a, a fucking guy listening to this podcast, you're certainly welcome to listen to it. And uh, in, in a lot of cases, if you see yourself in any of the descriptions of any of the customers that I wail on on this podcast, then piss on you, okay? Boo hiss for you. If you behave like some of the customers that I've described in this podcast, then you should probably go out in the garage, close the door, turn the car on, and let it try to kill you. And if the catalytic converter is working correctly, it probably won't. But uh, flat rate, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a, a description of the way we get paid. What it describes is a labor time for a specific job. Sounds simple enough, right? Uh, let's just pick a part. Let's just say a starter. You got a starter on a car, it goes bad, you've diagnosed it, you should conceivably be paid for diagnosis. Lots of shops try to fuck you out of that. Uh, there's a lot of different fucking games and a lot of different shenanigans that go on with that and it depends on who's running the shop and, and whether they're scrupulous or not and uh, it depends also too entirely upon the accountants. When I talk about flat rate, they talk about a specific job and how much it pays uh diagnosis aside okay because there's different ways of dealing with that whole beginning of the repair as you will when we talk about diagnosis it's usually it, it diagnosis at least as far as i'm concerned and maybe some of you feel differently about this and that's fine uh and if you have a better idea or or a different idea or if you have a suggestion or comment you want to make about this please by all means let me know on facebook i would love to hear how some shops handle diagnosis uh some places do diagnosis for free in lieu of getting the repair but what this means is that sometimes they do the diagnosis and they don't get the repair and now you're fucked and the shop doesn't really seem to care if that happens and that that should be wrong somebody should step up if you do diagnosis on a car there is not one single solitary instance or single solitary case where you should not get paid for that not at all ever if your salary if you're, if you're hourly, it's just part of getting paid 
a flat fee. But if you're flat rate, if you are flat rate, you need to get fucking paid for diagnosis. No ifs, ands, or fucking buts. And if somebody comes along with their jackass little fucking goddamn pocket protector and their fucking slide rule or their fucking adding machine and says, oh, we can't pay you for diagnosis. Yeah. Well, I can't pay you for the broken nose I'm about to give you, you fucking piece of shit. Look, if you're doing something to a car and you're flat rate, you need to get paid. End of sentence. No ifs, ands, or fucking buts. That's what that comes down to. Now, I have digressed massively from the uh, original uh, subject, and that's part of what I was talking about to begin with, is that I digress. But when you work flat rate, you need to get paid for the diagnosis. Okay, great. So now you go on and you've figured out what's wrong with the car because you're pretty good at what you do. And I would say that probably 95% of you are really good at what you do and can even diagnose stuff sometimes without even having to look at the car. It comes in and they go, oh yeah, it, it does this. And you go, yeah, it needs this. And then you go out and you check it out because you have to check it out because the one time you don't check it out, all you flat rate guys know, the one time that you don't check it out and you assume what it is, that's going to be the one time that's not what it is. So put in the minimum amount of Diag. I know you don't want to. I know you want it to be easy. Believe me, I'm right there with you. I want it to be easy. And let me tell you something, folks. For a technician, if the job's not easy, it pisses us off. It makes us mad. It makes us mad when the job is hard. Okay? It makes us mad when it's hard and it should be easy. If it's hard and you know it's going to be hard and you get into it and it's hard, then you're just like, okay, it was hard. Great, you know? I mean, it's like being a porn star. If it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, you're working, right? Okay, fine, we can help deal with that. But when we want it to be easy and it's not, that's what really upsets us. Okay, anyway, I digress again. And there's going to be a lot of that on this particular podcast, okay? So get used to it. So your flat rate, you've diagnosed a starter, you got paid an hour for diagnosing the starter, and the starter pays per a labor time guide, okay? This is very important. Somebody somewhere with hand tools replaced the starter on that car when that car or that engine combination was brand new and said it takes 2.8 hours to change the starter, now, if you're not familiar with flat rate, you might not be familiar with the term 0.8 or 0.2. Uh, an hour is divided up into 10 segments of six minutes each. And so 0.2 is 12 minutes. 0.8 is what? Uh, 60 minutes minus 12, it's 48 minutes. So that job pays three hours to replace that starter. So you should conceivably get paid four hours to replace that starter in that particular car. Now, if you're at a shop and your labor rate's a little bit lower, they're probably going to get every fucking penny of that from the customers. You know, it's it's an hour diag, it's four hours to replace it. Or if they're smart, what they'll do is they'll just say it's four hours to fix it. They'll, they'll just fold in the fucking diagnosis and not let the customer get a chance to even complain about the diagnosis. It took you an hour to figure out that the starter's bad? I wrote that right on the drop-off form that the starter was bad. You shouldn't be charging me for that. So you have to be kind of smart about that because customers, one of the things with customers is that they think they're smart even when they're fucking not. They think they're smart. Every human being on this place, just so you know, it's a little tidbit for you. Every human being on this planet thinks they're smart. Every single one of them including yourself, including yours truly, your Uncle Jimmy. I think I'm smart, although there's a lot of things I don't know, and there's a lot of things that will be revealed to me later that I didn't fucking know correctly. Anyway, moving on. Customers believe they're smart. They're not going to want to pay Diag. Uh, you have to kind of fold it into the repair. So if the starter takes three hours to replace, you make it four hours, and you tell them the Diag was free. Big deal. Sleight of hand. Smoke and mirrors. Everybody's happy, right? Okay. Here's 
the deal. Your shop's going to charge, let's round it right up. Let's round it right up to 150 bucks an hour for labor. That's money that you are going to earn the shop. At four hours, folks, it's 600 fucking dollars. And you, as a technician, are going to earn four hours of pay at your rate. That's how flat rate works, right? Yes. So let's say, let's round it up. Let's say you're making $20 an hour. Well, you're going to make $80. You're going to make $80 out of that $600. The shop's going to make $520 on your labor. Okay. This is why we get pissed off and feel like we're getting fucked. This is why, this is why. If you're listening to this and you have no idea how flat rate works and you just heard that and said, wow, I'm earning my company $600 and they're giving me 80. Man, that just doesn't sound fair at all. I don't give a fuck where you are. I don't give a fuck what philosophy you believe in, whether you believe in capitalism or communism or whether you believe in free market value or whether you're part of the barter fucking system or whether, you know, you sell Amway or some shit and you just don't get paid in money. You get paid in points or something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't sound fucking fair. Doesn't sound fair. Even if you got paid in food, think of it as a bucket of chicken. You got a bucket of chicken with 600 pieces in it and you're going to get a bucket of chicken with 80 pieces in it. Doesn't sound fucking fair. Who's going to eat those other 520 pieces of chicken? What the fuck? That's why flat rate kind of sucks because you get fucked and you can look right at the numbers and say, hey, I'm getting fucked. But here's the thing, okay, with flat rate. (laughs) And it's hard to argue. This part is hard to argue. If the book says it takes three hours to change a starter in a car, how long is it really going to take you? How long is it really going to take you? I can change that starter probably. Let's say it's one of the cars I work on and I'm doing it and the starter. And I've seen some of these starters pay 5.6 hours. With an hour diag, it's 6.6. I can change that starter in about an hour. And that's if I take my time. So I don't know who's wrong in this situation. Is it wrong of me to expect to get paid 6.6 hours at my individual payroll labor rate? Is it wrong for the shop to charge 6.6 hours of labor at $150 an hour? Is it wrong that I would do it that fucking fast? Should I take six hours and do it? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But that's the way it's been working for a long fucking time. And for me to complain about making, what would I make? At $20 an hour at 6.6, I'd be making 100 and, yeah, roughly $130, maybe a little less, 100, let's call it $125 for an hour's worth of work, for one hour's worth of work. Because I can tell you what, I can diagnose a starter in seconds, really. It doesn't take that long at all. We got it down. We know we know how a starter works. And I, when I say we, I mean most of you guys that are listening to this. You can diagnose a starter in literally fucking minutes. Is the battery charged up? Yup. Does the starter work? Nope. Are the wires good? Yup. Does it need a starter? Yup. There you go. You just earned yourself an hour. or $25 or $30, whatever whatever you make per hour, you just earn that by doing a little simple deductive reasoning. So to complain about not getting paid for Diag, it seems kind of bad and wrong, doesn't it? But no, it doesn't. Not to me. And it shouldn't to you, even though you might feel a twinge of regret for getting an hour for just basically deducting the fact that it needs a starter. No. You know why? Because your shop is going to charge that hour and that guy's gonna pay 
that hour because he can't reasonably deduct that his starter is bad the way you did. You have the skill and the experience to do it. You have to get paid. Does it seem wrong to get paid so much? Maybe a little bit. But when you take into account all the other shit that you're going to get fucked on that day, all the other stuff that they're going to try not to pay you for or that they're not going to pay you for, or maybe they're not going to sell the job for that much time. Maybe you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to get 6.6 hours to put the starter in. But in order to get the sale, they had to chop the labor down to four hours. It's like, wait a goddamn minute here. Maybe you can chop your labor down to four hours. But my labor needs to stay at 6.6. I still need to make $125. I don't care if you only make $400. You're still going to make $275 fucking dollars on that repair. Don't chop down the time that I'm going to earn. And that's one of the big problems that we have with shops. That's one of the big problems that we have with service managers and service advisors. That's one of the big problems is they want to decide to give a customer a discount for whatever fucking reason, maybe the guy's a good customer. Maybe he dropped off bagels to the service department. Maybe he says he's going to go somewhere else if we don't do it cheaper. Maybe he's just going to try to do it himself if he's going to do it cheaper. So you discount the whole entire fucking job, which means you discount the amount of money that we earn. And, and I'm not for that. I'm not for that at all. And here's the other side of the coin. Because shops are always going to try to keep all of the fucking money. It's just, it's a lot like when somebody robs a bank with three guys, one of those guys is going to kill the other two so he can keep all the fucking money. It's criminal. It is a criminal thing to do, but they will attempt to do it. Now, when you're flat rate, one of the things that you are going to do, and I would dare say that probably, I would say seriously, 85 to 90% of us here in the United States, I'm not familiar with how people are paid in different areas of the, of the world at all and it may be completely different but here we have a very high percentage of technicians who are paid flat rate style which means they get paid based on what they do and one of the things that a shop will do that a service manager or a general manager or a shop owner or an accountant motherfuckers one of the things that these people will try to do is get you to do things to the cars all of the cars or some of the cars or maybe specific cars, they're going to try to get you to do shit for free. And this is a big fucking point of contention with me. It's like, look, I am not a fucking volunteer. Do not ask me to fucking wear your uniform, come in on time, look presentable, be smart, be trained, be up to date on all the information, and then have me do shit to a car and say, oh, by the way, we're not paying you for that. Do not fucking do that. Man, that fucking pisses me off place I work now has this thing where we're supposed to do what's called multi-point inspection and I've gone on and on and on about this a bunch of times and if you can stand it we're going to go on about it a little bit more okay the multi-point inspection means that you're going to look the fucking vehicle over and you're going to check the tires and the brakes and you can see if it's leaking fluids and maybe they hit something and more than likely they did and, and you're going to check you know see if the wipers are working and that all the fluids are topped off and that everything's where it's supposed to be and everything works Okay, great. Multi-point inspection. And then you have to go in to our electronic RO and you have to place it in either a green, red, or yellow status in a uh, screen that pops up as a multi-point inspection screen or a port card, they call it. And you have to indicate whether or not you have a problem with any of this stuff. Now, here's the thing. Let's say a car needs four tires. So you put in there that it needs four tires. You put in what kind of tires they are. And then it tells you how much they're going to pay you to, to change the tires. And maybe you'll put in an alignment. Okay, great. So you send that across the board and the parts department fills in the blanks. 
Do we have the tires? How much are they? Bada, bada bing, bada boom. Then they send it up to the advisor, and it's up to the service advisor at this particular point to attempt to sell those tires to that customer. And depending on your service advisor, and I will tell you right now that 75% of service advisors are not worth a fuck. They're not worth a fuck. They should be fucking working at Walmart and asking to see your receipt as you leave the building, or they should be fucking sweeping a parking lot somewhere, or they should be doing something besides what the fuck they're attempting to do right now because they suck at it so bad. And if you're a part of the 25% who don't suck at it, who actually make an attempt to sell those tires, and maybe actually enjoy some success in selling those tires, you're able to overcome the objection, then I praise you like I should, okay? Me and Fat Boy Slim, we're going to praise you like we should because that's what your fucking job is. Your job is not to say, hi, how you doing? Welcome. <laughs> and then just go, oh, well, your car's all set to go. No, in the meantime, you're supposed to go, well, you know, sir, we found that your tires aren't so good. And uh, we'd really like for you to, you know, traverse the planet in a safe manner. So we recommend that you change the tires. No, I don't want to change the tires. I I understand you don't want to change the tires. But at some point in time, if you don't change the tires, you're going to have to change the fender and the hood and the grill because you're going to slide into some shit when it rains. So which would you prefer? A $1,000 deductible or maybe six, $700 worth of tires now? You know, it's not that hard to sell shit. It really isn't. Just explain to them why they fucking need it. Problem is, is that a lot of our service advisors, like I said, 75% of them, are too fucking stupid and lazy, or both, to do that. And that's part of the problem we have with flat rate, is that we make more money when you sell more stuff. But if you're too fucking lazy or stupid to sell more stuff, we get fucked. Because you know how much we get paid for doing this multi-point inspection? We get paid... Nothing, zero, zip, zilch, nada, nothing. And the best part about that is that sometimes we just fucking shank it. We just put in there that everything was good. We don't even look at the car. Now, I look at every car because I'm old school. That's what we do, okay? And I'm trying, I'm not really trying to look for money, but if it's there, I'm not going to ignore it, okay? But I don't go and nitpick cars. A lot of times, if I see... Just as an example, an oil pan leaking just like a little bit. I'll put in there, oil pan is starting to leak. We'll need replacement soon, which is a clue. It's code for, hey, they don't got to do it right now. But in the future, if they decide they want to stop leaking oil onto the planet and ruining the fucking place, they can drop back and we'll fix the gasket. We'll replace the gasket for them, okay? And it's an expensive repair. I can understand why people would want to beg off on it anyway. I kind of understand It also, too, puts the service advisor in a good position. He says, listen, we found that your oil pan's leaking just a little bit. It doesn't need to be repaired on this particular trip. But the next time we have you in for an oil change, we're going to set you up with a loaner and we're going to replace the oil pan gasket. Here's how much it is. And a smart service advisor will never quote time. They quote money. If your oil pan takes 10 hours to replace and your labor rate's $150 an hour, let's say, he will say, out loud. He said, well, it's a lot of work to get that job done and the labor's like $1,500, the part's like $175. So you're looking at about $1,675 to get it done. I could probably knock off 10% if you want to schedule that appointment today. Boom. Offer them a discount, but offer also to the closing. Close the deal. Close the deal. When you offer a discount, close the goddamn deal. So if you want to make the appointment today, I'll knock off 10%. Boom. Done. But you know how many, like I said, 75% of them, 
And then sometimes you get these things where they, they quote labor time. Well, it takes 14 hours to change your oil pan gasket. And some of these consumers are not stupid. I mean, probably most of them aren't stupid, but are stupid in one way or the other. And we're hoping that they're stupid when it comes to automotive repair, right? We hope they're stupid. They go, 15 hours to change my oil pan gasket. What the fuck? Are you going to chrome plate the fucking bolts before you put them in? That's ridiculous. And he's right. It is ridiculous because it only takes about four hours. It only takes about four hours tops. That's if I take my time to do an oil pan gasket in a car where I got to drop out the subframe and snake the pan out, clean it up, and put it back in. You know, it's a real good moneymaker for us. I'm not going to lie to you. And as a flat rate technician, if somebody says, hey, we're going to be replacing the oil pan gasket in that car, we fucking start to drool. We do. We drool like a wolf at a hen house, for fuck's sake. That's good money. It's cash money. It's gravy, as we call it. That's where the, the term gravy comes from. The great, you know, if you get an oil pan gasket in a car, in certain cars that aren't four-wheel drive, oh, man, that you're, you're loading up the gravy kayak on the gravy wagon and dropping it off in Gravy Canyon and riding that gravy train all the way to the end and laughing the whole fucking way. That's just straight up gravy, okay? It becomes less gravy when there's a differential hanging on the side of the oil pan and there's two half shafts sticking through the middle of the oil pan. But even then, it's still gravy. It's still fucking gravy. At the, at the amount of labor hours that they have designated for that job, it's still gravy. And that's where being a flat rate technician does pay. It does pay. So if you have an advisor who can sell, and he does sell, and he sells you a job where you're going to make a lot of time, you're going to make a lot of money doing something quicker than the time allowed, good for you. But does this happen every day? No, it doesn't. And does it happen all the time? No, it doesn't. And if you make me do an MPI on every car and you're not going to pay me, all I can say to you, if you're listening to this and you're somebody who's in a position of management, all I can say to you is you're going to get what you pay for. And if you're not paying for something, then shut the fuck up about how well or how bad somebody's doing that. If you come back to me and say, wow, you know, uh, your MPIs are just not good. You're not quoting anything on the MPIs. And they go, oh, well, you want your money back? Oh, that's right. You're not paying. Okay. So basically what's happening is you're getting what you pay for. So anytime somebody offers a complimentary inspection on an RO, the customer thinks, wow, the dealership is offering me a complimentary inspection free of charge. No, the dealership is not. The technician is. Because the dealership's not going to look at your car. The general manager, the service manager, the service advisor, the lot porter, the parts guys, none of those motherfucking people are going to come out and look at your fucking car. No, the technician is going to look at it. And you know how much he's going to earn looking at your car? You know how much he's going to earn? He's going to earn big, fat, fucking zero. The only way he earns any money is if you find something wrong. And then he's got a fucking, it's a crapshoot as to whether or not the advisor is sharp enough to sell it. And if he's a lazy, ignorant piece of shit, then it just makes you angry because he just automatically, in some cases, declines any service that a customer might want or might need. Just automatically declines it for, for whatever reason. And the reasons abound, okay? Why would a service advisor not tell a customer about something that's wrong with their car? Uh, they're lazy, okay, that's one. They're stupid, that's two. Three, they're a fucking ignorant asshole, that's three. Uh, D, all of the above, yeah, all of the above, really. Seriously, because if you're a service advisor and you're listening to this and you don't sell shit because you're too fucking lazy to talk to a customer, 
get the fuck out of the business. The fuck out of my dealership. The fuck out of my shop. I don't need jackoffs like you who don't want to do the fucking job. Sorry, gang, I got spit all over the microphone, but I'm fucking passionate about this. It's like, look, suppose I tell a guy, suppose I put in the MPI that a guy needs four tires because they're bald and they have very little tread on them. And you, sitting up at your desk, talking to the guy next to you and looking at cars on Craigslist, doesn't want to tell the customer he needs tires because he knows the customer's going to object. Oh, I don't know. Why would I need tires? And you're not willing to overcome the objection and say, well, you know, it's your car, and if the tires are bad, instead, he just instantly and automatically declines that fucking service, and that guy goes out, and it starts to rain, and there's no traction anywhere, there's no coefficient of friction, and he slides into something, and maybe he kills himself. They should come back, and they should fucking grab you and throw you in handcuffs and fucking throw you in jail for criminally negligent homicide. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It should happen, but it's not going to happen. Hey, I told them they need tires. Well, how come we didn't sell them? I didn't tell them he needs tires. Well, come with us. You should throw service advisors in jail for not selling shit. That would be fucking great. Maybe they would stop not selling shit. And I don't care if a, if a customer declines something after you tell them about it. I get that. That happens. That happens to everybody all the time, and they never want to spend any money. They think the dealership's trying to rip them off. They think the shop is trying to rip them off. But you have to at least fucking tell them. Your windshield's broken. Would you like it replaced? No. No, I don't. I don't have any money. Well, it's free. Well, I still don't want to get it replaced. That happens all the time. We offer a price match on tires. People still decline. They still decline. They know they need tires. They say they're going to go somewhere else. We'll match their price. I'd rather have some booger eating moron who just graduated from high school three weeks ago put my tires on than a guy who's been doing it for 17 years and is a master tech. Even though the price is the same. The value. They're not selling the value. That's what I say to them all the time. The value of having a master technician at a dealership do something to your car or having, at the same price, having some kid who has a, a, a toolbox full of tools that still have that new tool smell and he can't figure out which way his ratchets work. You're going to have him do the job instead. Okay, knock yourself out. And when you're dead on the side of the road, I'm going to drive by and point and go, hey, I tried to fix that guy's car, but he didn't want me to. And now he's dead. Now, here again, your Uncle Jimmy has digressed uh, massively. But one of the things I want to tell you about flat rate is it can be exceptionally, exceptionally lucrative if you have good people in place who do their job. They're not, you know, if you have a good service advisor, and I have, I have some good ones now. I have had some good ones in the past, and I have enjoyed working with them, and I try to do everything I possibly can for them. You can make a good chunk of money. The problem is, and especially during a, during a coronavirus pandemic like we have now, is that when there is no work, you don't make any money. And that's a problem. And this is the reason it's never going to go away, okay? This is the reason the flat rate is very prevalent in the United States. I don't know if it's prevalent everywhere else. It probably isn't. Intelligent people all over the planet have said, oh, we don't want technicians working like that. But here, because we're, we work for people who are just such, they are just so extremely money-grubbing fucks, flat rate is going to be prevalent for a very long time. And here's why. When there is a lot of work, you've heard this before, folks. Here it is again. When there is a lot of work, 
flat rate technicians make a lot of money and so does the shop. When there is not a lot of work, like now, flat rate technicians make nothing and the shop is out, nothing. So when there's work, you win, the shop wins. When there's no work, you lose, shop still wins, okay? This is one of the things that's wrong with, with flat rate. The other thing that is wrong with flat rate is that shops and dealerships and general managers and service managers and service advisors want you to do things to the car that don't pay you. And I'll give you perfect examples. And all of you, all of you are going to know what I'm talking about who are flat rate right now. They are going to want you to top off all the fluids. They're going to want you to fill the tires up with air and check the pressures. They're going to want you to look the vehicle over and fix anything that's broken and or at least make an estimate on it. Okay. And here's the problem. Here's what technicians say. When someone says, did you check the tire pressures in that car? A flat rate technician will say, I don't get paid for that. And they're right. They don't get paid for that. Now, I'm a flat rate technician and I actually do check the tire pressures in the car because on occasion I will find a tire that's a lot lower than the others and there'll be a nail in it and I can get paid for replacing a tire. And if, if I happen to find a car that has low tire pressures all the way around, which doesn't happen anymore at all, not with tire pressure monitors, but if I was to find a car that had low tire pressures and I raised them up, the customer, it's possible the customer would notice that his car rides better. And we would be considered geniuses in that customer's eyes down the road because we made his car run better and we didn't charge him anything extra than, than whatever it was we did. But that's just something that an old guy like me does. And most old guys like me don't actually do that. And young guys, for that matter, don't do that either. They will sit there and they will tell you right to your face, I don't get paid for that. Am I going to top off fluids? I don't get paid for that. And quite frankly, I agree with them. Even though I do those things for free, I would like to get paid for those things. And if you're a service advisor, a service manager, and you tell your technician, oh, did you do this or did you do that? If you're not paying me for it, you shouldn't even ask me that fucking question. Don't ask me that question. If you want me to do something that you're not paying me for, it's over. I'm not doing it. The MPI, the multi-point inspection that you're not paying me for, yeah, well, you don't get to complain about that, okay? Because you're getting your money's worth. You're getting what you pay for. Now, a lot of people who don't work on cars can't wrap their mind around flat rate. They can't. And, and I've talked to people and explained it to them and they look at me cross-eyed like, are you fucking kidding me? And especially when I get to the point where I tell them I get paid four, five, six hours for a repair that takes me an hour and a half. They don't understand. They don't understand how I can go to work and work for eight hours and turn 20. But I've done it. I, if I have the right work, I can do that almost every day. I have skill and experience. I've, there's a lot of jobs I've done so many times that I could do them with my eyes closed. I'm going to make a shit house of time on those. And when I say as a flat rate technician, I make time on them, what it means is it paid two hours and I did it in 20 minutes. I made time on that one. A typical day for a flat rate technician would be to come in, get the first job of the day. Say it's a four-wheel brake job. Great. A four-wheel brake job should pay anywhere between four and five hours. But if you're a technician, a flat rate technician, or even a new guy, and it takes you four or five hours to do a four-wheel brake job, you need to get the fuck out of the business, pal, because I'm slow as fuck, and it still only takes me an hour and a half. 
So here I am. I come in at 8. I punch in. I do a, a four-wheel brake job on a car. And it's 9.30 and I'm finished. And I have five hours. Maybe I did four tires on it that pays three hours. Okay. That took me another hour. So here it is, 10.30. And I've made eight and a half hours. Eight, eight hours already. We'll say eight hours. Now I'm going to do an alignment for two hours. Now I've got 10 hours. That took me 20 minutes. We'll round it up to half an hour. Now it's 11 o'clock and I have 10 hours. It's 11 o'clock. I've been at work for three hours and I've made 10. It get to lunch. Maybe I did some wire repairs on a car that I did some wire tests on. And maybe even that was warranty because warranty typically doesn't pay as much as, as a customer pay because there's a difference between the two, a big difference. So I did a warranty job where I had to do some wire tests and I charged him an hour for that and I found a broken wire in about five minutes and then I went and I fixed it in another five minutes and I charged an hour to fix that. So there's two more hours and that took me another half an hour. Now it's 1130 and I have 12 hours. This is not typical, but it is also very doable at the same time. If you have the right kind of work, if you have the right kind of service advisor, if you have the right kind of shop, you can make a shit ton of money. And as a flat rate technician, you should be, or you should be suitably motivated to make an ass ton of hours. You should skip lunch. You should skip breaks. You should not talk to your friends. You should not fuck around with your phone. You should be working. And you could make anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a day. Imagine doing that five days a week. You'd have 100 hours. And if you were paid a reasonable amount of money per hour, you could make an ass load of money. And don't cry for the owner of the shop. Don't cry for the people who run the shop. Don't cry for those motherfuckers. Because for every hour that you turn, that you make whatever you make, $25 an hour, they're making $100, $150, $200 an hour for that hour that you that you created out of nothing. And maybe it actually was nothing. Ugh, it's mind-numbing. Now, here's the thing, okay? And I talked about warranty a little bit. Now, let's say you work at a dealership and you work for a specific manufacturer and you have a warranty labor guide and it says the water pump pays two hours. But that's a warranty rate. You're not going to charge a customer a warranty rate, so you mark it up from there. Yeah, that's right. You mark it up. So it takes two hours to change a water pump warranty-wise, but you mark it up 1.5 or in our shop, we mark it up 1.6. Now, suddenly that pays 0.6 per hour more, which is another 1.2 hours. So it pays 3.2 hours you're still going to do it in 20 minutes. You're still going to do it in half an hour. But now, because the customer has to pay, he's going to pay 3.2 hours of labor. That's just the way it's done. Now, when you work on a warranty, you have to make sure that you, you, you document what you've done to the nth degree. And then that's the way you get paid. If you have checked a wire and you found a specific ohms on it and it's not good, you have to put down what wire you checked and how many of the ohms were. And then they will probably pay you that warranty time that you claimed for look checking that circuit without any trouble whatsoever. But if you're one of these lazy little jack-offs that just lights, oh, I found broken wire and I fixed it, then they're likely to go, oh, well, you're just not going to get paid for that. Fuck you. You have to write a good job story. That's the difference. That's really the difference between customer pay. And you also have to run the time. If you, if you say, oh, I spent an hour, uh, if I spent an hour checking out a circuit and found a broken wire, even if you didn't spend an hour, you have to run an hour's worth of time on your electronic RO end. Okay. And uh, I, I actually keep track of that shit with a timer. So if I claim an hour's worth of work time, I will have run in exactly one hour because I get a, 
annoying beep at the end of an hour. And if I don't go over and shut it off, I want to smash it with a hammer. So I wanted to name this episode of my podcast, uh, of the Grease the Wheels podcast, flat rate and the free stuff, kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk. If you have good quality beans, you can have a fat fucking beanstalk. But if you have shit beans and not that many, you're going to have a much smaller beanstalk. Okay, and that's an analogy I like to make about this particular setup. The one thing I want to add before I sign off is that manufacturers, people who manufacture cars, whether it's Chevrolet or Ford, uh, Chrysler, Toyota, Honda, whatever, manufacturers, people who go into business manufacturing cars, have a very specific goal in mind, and that's to create a high-quality product at a good price. And they will control quality to the nth fucking degree, the nth degree. They'll have a guy check it at every station. They'll have a guy check it at the end. They'll check it before they put it on a truck. They'll check it before they put it on a boat, depending on where it's coming from or going to. They'll check it. They check it all the time. But as soon as that car hits the dealership, where it's going to be sold and serviced. That is when that manufacturer loses complete 100% control of the quality of that vehicle. And now it's in the hands of somebody who doesn't give a flying fuck about the quality. All they care about is the money that they're going to make off that car. That's all they care about. The quality is second. They'll tell you all day long. They'll, they'll give you that whole all we care rhetoric bullshit. But what they really care about is the fucking money, the fucking buku dinero they're going to make on that car, the fucking coin that is going to get deposited into their fucking slot when you buy that car. Do they care about the quality? They say they do. Do they really? Nah, not so fucking much. And this is one of the reasons why most manufacturers don't like the flat rate setup. But they cannot... In almost any case, they cannot, they have no power to change it. Because if you weren't flat rate, if you were, let's say you were salary, like your service manager is, like your general manager is, like your service advisors are in a lot of cases, okay? Let's say you were salaried. Would you have to work so fast? Could you make 10 hours? Could you make 10 or 12 hours by noon? No, no. You would make the same amount of money working eight to noon, regardless of what you did. So would you take a little bit longer to do a job? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. And you know who would be happy about that? The manufacturer. You know why? Because if you take your time and you do the job right, you do a quality, quality job. But the guy who owns the shop, the general manager, the shop owner, they don't make as much money as they used to when you're salaried because you're not working as fast and as hard and as quickly as you used to. And you're not turning as many hours as you used to. And they're not getting to charge the customer as much money as they used to. Because now there's work piling up at the end of the day that didn't get done. Because now they're trying to bring in the same amount of work they brought in when you were flat rate. But now you're not flat rate anymore. And you're, you've turned it down a notch. You've dropped a gear. And now you do more high quality work. But you're doing less of it. And this is why flat rate will never, ever, ever, ever go away. And I'm sorry to say that. When you, the loyal and faithful listeners of Grease the Wheels Nation are out there trying to buy something and the people at the mortgage company or at the bank or at the car dealership ask you how much you make a week and how much you make a year and you have to shake your head and go, I don't know. And they look at you like, oh, how come you don't know? Because I don't know what's coming in the door tomorrow or next week 
or next month or next year. I don't know how many broken cars I'm going to have. I don't know if we're going to have another pandemic. I don't know. And that's what sucks about flat rate. See, a general manager or a shop owner, they can look at figures and say, okay, I should be making this much or I should be making this much. And it doesn't matter one iota how much they do. Because if they stay home, they're still going to get paid. If they go somewhere and do something stupid with somebody, like golfing or something, which some of them do on a regular basis, they're still getting fucking paid. Can you even imagine that? If you took off as a technician, as a flat rate technician, you took off and you went to play golf, it would cost you money because you're not there fixing shit. This is why nobody wants to pay you a salary. Nobody. Nobody wants to pay you a salary, except the manufacturers who have no control over the quality after a car leaves the assembly plant and arrives at the dealer. And it's a situation that actually I am working on trying to fix, believe it or not. I'm trying to fix it. I've got a plan in place where we will put the quality back in the car and we'll take the middleman right the fuck out of the equation and he can go fucking play golf all he wants. He's not going to get paid anyway. Not with the paradigm shift that is going to occur, okay? But that's coming. That's in the future. Stand by for that. If you're a technician, stand by. We got some big changes coming, okay? Hopefully, hopefully. We're working on it. We're still working on it. It's not something that you can just institute overnight and have it work perfectly right away. All right, that's enough of me. That's the difference between flat rate and and your salary and your hourly, okay? And if you're one of the two that isn't flat rate, you should probably be happy. Maybe that guy who works flat rate makes more of you more than you on a, any given day or any given week or any different given pay period. But at some point, he's going to wish he was you, okay? All right, that's enough of me. This is your Uncle Jimmy. Uh, I get a little dry in the throat area talking about money because it's just go, it's a subject that goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And I can't just go on and on and on and on and on and on. What I have to do eventually at some point is sign off. And when I do that, I do this. I go, see ya.